The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Dr. Psych Mom Show, in which I'm going to talk about uh, high libido women within monogamy. They do exist. And also, back to everybody's favorite topic, spontaneous versus responsive desire, which I already have a podcast about, so you really ought to go back and refer to the podcast on responsive desire to fully understand this uh, before this one. Uh, Before that, though, please do subscribe. I have a great one most recently about how not to yell at your kids because then you won't get laid. And then I have another one about are people with daddy issues different from people with mommy issues and what those really mean and the overlap, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I just have loads of content. Also, please do follow me on TikTok because if you had followed me on TikTok, you would have already known a kind of a 60-second soundbite of uh, this entire podcast. So you would be ahead of the game, which will appeal to many of my clients who love to know everything about a particular topic. Uh, If you are a man that identifies as somebody who likes to know everything about a particular topic, stop sending my shit to your wife so that I don't have to feel guilty for when she yells at you about it. Because if you're inundating her with all of my shit, that is not what I ever intended. I meant like share a podcast every couple of months, you know, not like say here's like the top 10 Dr. Psych Mom podcast. And by the way, we can also see her for couples counseling on Tuesday because she isn't going to want to do that. So stop inundating and refer back to the preoccupied attachment husband podcast if you are somebody who has been doing this. All right. Anyway. Um, so let's get to the topic at hand. Some men do not understand how it is possible. They would love to believe me, but they just don't because apparently it doesn't make sense to them how I say that the great, great, great majority of women do not experience spontaneous desire anymore within monogamy and only experience responsive desire. But yet I say that there are some women who are the higher libido partner within their marriages. And I say that two-thirds of the people that I see are the higher libido man is the partner, and in a third, it's the higher libido woman that is the partner that's upset with the other. First of all, just because I see a third of, um, in my practice, just because I see a third of cases where the woman is the higher libido partner, does that not mean that this is a third of the time in the wild? It is... um, I am one of the few people that speaks about sex at all to this level as a psychologist and certainly one of the few that I've been told ever discusses the situation where the woman is the higher libido partner. So basically all of y'all with that problem try to come to me. (laughs) So I think I'm getting more of you than um, certainly the base rates in the population I do not really think are two-thirds, one-third, but I, I think it's less. But let's even say that it is, right, for the sake of argument. Let's say that somehow a third, I mean, I just don't believe that. So I can't even say it for our hypothetical. So let's say like a a 
quarter, right, or a fifth of the time the woman is the higher libido partner, then do these magical unicorns experience spontaneous desire within monogamy after a few years? Well, okay, a couple of things. First of all, you know, you know about the normal distribution. I mention it all the time. You've taken statistics, or at least you um, know what a bell curve looks like. Yeah, there's a tail, there's two tails, you know, and in one of those tails, there's some women that just sit around getting hot and bothered. I mean, do I meet them after a couple of years of marriage? No. Um, they, they can manifest uh, a couple of times, a couple of different ways. A, when you ovulate, then you really do think more about sex. B, when you've had some sort of trigger, like the one that I always mention, seeing the hot guy at the gym or what have you, watching Fifty Shades of Grey, watching people like this Outlander. I tried to get through it. I couldn't. Apologies to all of the fans. I did not like it, but you still, you know, must like me because I am the repository of podcasts on spontaneous desire. <laughs> Um, but anyway, if, if your wife watches some shit that turns her on, if she's ovulating, um, or some women increasingly as they go into perimenopause, try out some hormones. Uh, if you try some testosterone, your sex drive may be through the roof, you know, and that isn't to say that there are not other side effects. Otherwise, I would certainly be hawking that quite a bit. Uh, there are. There can be uh, migraine and tiredness and growing hair and breaking out and, you know, a lot of shit. But I mean, you know, talk to your provider. I'm not an MD, as I say all over the place as a disclaimer. But anyway, um, yeah, like women, ca oh, and also if a woman is having an emotional affair or a physical affair, then she is going to be turned on all the time because she is actively in a new relationship, even in her mind, and therefore she is no longer a monogamous uh, woman. She's not a, a woman in long-term monogamy anymore, at least in her mind, she's not. So this can also work if she has like a crush on somebody, you know, uh, then in her mind, she's not a long-term um, monogamous woman anymore. Her hormones are racing as though she's in a new relationship called new relationship energy by people who are into poly, polyamory. But um, anyway, in so, so yeah, there, there are some women who just like innately have a super, super, super high sex drive. I don't really know them or talk to them. Um, however, however, there are women that do have a high libido that isn't like a man's libido. That's more like what a woman's high libido would look like. And they frequently identify as the higher libido partner despite not experiencing spontaneous desire at all. So then let me d describe to you again spontaneous versus responsive desire because a lot of guys don't really understand this because to them it's crazy. They've never they've never experienced it, so they, they can't really understand it. So spontaneous desire is when you are hard, right? You have an erection, you want to have sex. It's pretty fucking obvious, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to miss. You know, I am turned on. I am hard. I want to have sex. If there were a woman right here, I would have sex with her because I have this erection right now. This, this is not like that for women. Not really at all. Again, unless they're ovulating or any of this shit that I just said. So you can scroll back you know, ver verbally, you can rewind is the word. Anyway, but um, for, so, so a man is like, they can't even picture decoupling desire from feeling aroused. So what we really have to do is decouple desire from arousal. With women, desire and arousal are not the same thing at all. For men, they're exactly the same thing. So spontaneous desire, basically, let's just call it arousal. That will help. And then responsive desire, we just call it desire. 
Desire and arousal are not the same thing. So if you're like, how the fuck is that possible? Women are even fucking crazier than I thought. Well, let me explain. Um, So as a woman, um, so a, a woman with a high libido, here's how she thinks. I know I enjoy sex, so I want to have sex later when sex is possible. Currently, at this very moment, I don't necessarily even think I could have sex. For example, I am not physiologically aroused to have sex. I am not lubricated. I am not anything. Of course, a woman doesn't think like this. I'm doing a thought experiment for you. So she doesn't articulate that. I am not lubricated unless she is like a robot woman, which may be what turns some of y'all on. Don't tell me if so. Um, But the, the point is she thinks, hmm, can't possibly have sex now. She, she, I mean, it's like not even an option. I'm like having lunch, for example. I am uh, with the children. I mean, you know, you really don't think about sex with the children. But, or I am at work, or this is a boring meeting, or like whatever. So I am thinking about having sex later. I am not really getting turned on in any discernible way. There's no increase to my blood pressure or my, my heart rate or, or lubrication or anything like that, as there might be for a man who is on a boring Zoom meeting fantasizing about sex. He may easily get an erection, particularly if he's a younger man. And of course, by the way, women that are like 18 years old do get spontaneously aroused. Again, they're not in long-term monogamy. So also a 35, 45, 55-year-old woman who is not in a long-term relationship, she gets, she experiences more spontaneous desire. What we're talking about is within long-term monogamy, women's uh, spontaneous desire goes down. So just to make sure that we're all on the same page, this is a married woman sitting there on a Zoom meeting saying, it would be nice to have sex later, I know that within my sexual encounter later, the one that I do not want right now, I will enjoy myself. What is an analogy to understand this? Your wife feels uh, tense and her muscles hurt. So she schedules a massage if you are too lazy to do it for her. (laughs) Not the scheduling, the massage. I've talked frequently about how men, if they up their massage game, would probably get laid a hell of a lot more, particularly by higher libido women or women with a more sensual erotic blueprint. You can refer back to my erotic blueprint post on to understand that. That's on drpsychmom.com. I think I made a podcast, but who the hell knows? Um, the point being, your wife says, I, uh, my back hurts. I am going to call to schedule a massage. Does she then feel relaxed? Does she feel relaxed like she's having the massage just by calling and scheduling and planning and visualizing the massage? No, not even remotely, nor would a man in the same circumstance. However, she schedules it and pays that money because she knows she's gonna like it. So she is a high libido for massage woman in that situation. She has a high drive to get a massage because she knows she's going to enjoy it. So it's much the same for high libido women that still, within monogamy, mostly experience responsive desire. They know they're going to want sex when they start having sex, so they visualize it and plan for it and get angry and annoyed and irritated when the man doesn't initiate or in cases where he's the lower libido partner, where he rejects them. Because they know they're gonna like it when it happens, not because they are sitting there in an active state state of arousal similar to a male. 
Now, why on a, in a psychological sense do women partner with men who don't want sex? Because there are the same red flags for those men as there are for women, and I've talked about them before. The squeamishness, the rejecting of going outside the box or having oral sex, let's say, or having sex with a woman when she hasn't just taken a shower or touching different parts of the woman's body. There's always red flags that this guy is a prude in bed, as there are for red flags for when a woman is a prude in bed. This is the same. Why do women get themselves in that situation? Well, what do I tell the men? Low self-esteem. And I just recently did a podcast on literally why people don't think they deserve good sex, so refer back to that. So this is never a psychologically healthy thing to do to get into a situation where somebody rejects you for sex. It's particularly damaging for women because they are in the minority and they were raised to think they were inculcated and in the idea that they will be the pursued partner, whereas men are really not raised to think that unless they only watch porn and have never seen anything else in the popular media, they will assume that they do have to pursue. You know, whereas women are trained by the popular media that they should not. So think about the low self-esteem and how how strong your feelings of low self-esteem would have to be to go in opposition to everything you've been trained to think. To be the woman who thinks that they do not deserve to be pursued and they are with this guy who barely touches them, who needs to get drunk to have sex with them and only after they brush their teeth and take a shower and like, you know, whatever the hell. And I hear all sorts of things in, in counseling. So these are these are real. You know, these are these are signs that a man is, is a lower libido man when he has all of these restrictions around sex and how to think about sex and how to talk about sex and when to have sex. Why would a woman get into that sort of situation, a woman with a healthy, strong libido, because she doesn't think she deserves any different? You know, because of self-esteem issues originating in her upbringing, as I have discussed, ad nauseum, but will continue to do so because it is so relevant for people to understand why they get themselves into these no-win situations. Women more than men because, again, why? Not because of the patriarchy or anything, because literally they are inundated with more data from the time they were tiny and looking at fairy tales that says some man is going to pursue you and want you. And then they do not think, huh, I guess the odds are with me. I guess I should uh, get rid of this guy that doesn't want sex and go on to another one. Instead, they think, yeah, maybe for those other women. Not for me, though. Things don't work like that for me. I'm not very pretty. I'm not very uh, appealing. So I guess I'll be with this guy that um, only does it in the dark when he's drunk after he's watched porn and after I've gone down on him for a little bit first, you know? So, uh, So women with higher libido partners are the norm and um, but women who are the higher libido partner themselves are not. And of course, this can happen later on. I'm not saying that you're like freaks or something. I'm saying like this happens in, in a fair amount of cases. But since you've been told for your entire life that a man, that men in general tend to pursue women in general, the fact that you would go against this indicates a low self-esteem issue. Uh, is just fairly obvious. And 
also, some women will say, but this, but he was really, really into sex, and then he stopped being into sex. I mean, he was re- pursuing me all over the place, and it's just in recent years. Yeah, sure, men get depressed. They're people, too. Men experience low testosterone. Men go through shit. They lose their job. They feel emasculated in other regards, and they have tremendous marital dysfunction that makes them not want to have sex. So, yes, there are some men who transform from a very high libido, open-minded sexual entity into something that just curls up on the couch and doesn't want sex. That's true, but it's very rare for there not to have been red flags about this early on that you ignored because of the low self-esteem issues and or lack of uh, understanding or knowledge about sex. And also, in this situation, uh, it is... um, it doesn't happen all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's, it's gradual. So many people, their self-esteem prevents them from kind of acknowledging what a problem this is. And the very first time the guy rejects them from saying, what's the matter? What's wrong? That makes me feel terrible. They just kind of like roll with it and roll with it and roll with it until it's like 10 years later and they're in a totally sexless marriage. So there, there's different ways that these things happen. And I'll tell you, having high self-esteem does not usually concord with a woman remaining in a relationship with a man who is the lower libido partner. And I tell any woman that is dating, do not marry a man who wants less sex than you do. This is not a good sign. This is not going to go well. Is your desire as a woman going to remain spontaneous within monogamy? No, it is going to just switch over to responsive in 90 plus percent of cases. And then it's even more important that you have have a man who's open-minded and sexual to pursue you a bit when your natural levels of spontaneous desire slash arousal, as we're now now going to frame it, um, decrease. Because then you are going to need more of a push of the man to pursue you, even if you still are somebody who intellectually can be like, I'm going to like sex later. I should have sex later because I end up liking it. You are still, because of the absence of arousal slash spontaneous desire, going to appreciate it if a man shares the um, task of being the initiator. Because if you're just not super aroused, then it is hard to be the initiator, even if intellectually you know that you're going to end up liking it. So for the high libido partners, the high libido women that um, that men are fantasizing, perhaps have these baseline high levels of constant arousal, similar to things that they've seen in pornography, that is inaccurate. What it usually means is a high libido woman within monogamy is, is usually... Honestly, what the trait usually is, I'll describe who those people are. They're usually open-minded women in relationships with extremely loving and supportive spouses. Why? Because A, they're people who could think openly about sex and their own libido waxing and waning and what they would like, etc., etc. And so they're open-minded and direct, really should go along with that. People, women that could say, I would like to do this in bed or that in bed, such that they're advocating for their own desires, which can then, um, again, get them over the hump I always say, no pun intended, of, of, of getting to the more um, overt desire from the more theoretical desire that you have at the beginning of the encounter. And they have really loving and supportive husbands who are patient and do a lot of foreplay and understand that they're supposed to be providing a pretty good experience, you know, which then, of course, isn't just that that's their role, but women are more into providing that back when they feel that the man is really into providing it for them. So yes, as you could have guessed, people that are in more loving, supportive, 
open, directly communicative relationships are going to weather the vicissitudes of spontaneous versus responsive desire and the general progression of libido within a long-term relationship better than people who have a lot of uh, problems receiving feedback and close-minded about sex and like all of these other things that would hurt rather than help the cause of remaining connected and close over the um, years of a long-term relationship, right? So hopefully this cleared some issues up for people that were struggling philosophically with uh, spontaneous desire versus responsive desire versus high and low libido in women. And I will talk to you all soon. Have a great day.